Welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 107. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And although this is episode 107, maybe I should have called this episode 106.7. Why? Because today we're rocking the Rockies. That's right. From KBPI's Your Morning Show, I've got Scoop Seamson here. And he is a KCSU alumni. That's how I know him. We met at a KCSU alumni event and just got to talking. I found out he was still in radio. He's got a great social media presence. He's a lot of fun to follow on Facebook. And I go, hey, you know what? Come on the show. You talk every morning for four hours anyway. And granted, the main host is Willie B. And Willie B, I've met a couple of times. He's a really cool guy. We talk about Scoop's relationship with him and how he got involved with the KBPI Morning Show on this week's episode. But I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's talk radio. Let's talk KCSU. And that's exactly what this is. It might be a little bit inside baseball, but it's really, really fun and gives you good insight into radio. So Scoop started back in high school, went all the way through college. And one of the things I like most about this episode is he talks about the great flood of Fort Collins from 1997. That's right. You may remember that. You may have heard about that, where the entire campus was underwater and it pretty much destroyed the radio station short term. But thanks to insurance money, came back much stronger, became one of the best college radio stations in the entire country. Scoop was there for that. He gives some insight into what would it, what it was like both before and after. Additionally, we talk about his transition into commercial radio and what it was like working promotions back in the early part of the century. It feels weird to say it like that, but hey, you know what? We're 16 years into the 2000s now. May as well say the early part of the century, but this is just a fantastically insightful interview into the world of radio, a world I care very much about. I don't know why. I cannot shake it, so I love talking about it. Even if you don't have that same passion, I think there will be something here for you because radio is one of those things that's sort of ubiquitous. As Scoop says in this episode, there's one in every person's car, and how do people find new music? They're still finding it on radio. Radio was supposed to have died like 10 times already, and it's still going strong. He told me KBPI is sold out of its ads for the next three weeks. Like, they're full up. They're flush. They're doing great, which is fantastic because KBPI is one of those stations that I thank God exists here because it's rock radio. It's hard rock radio. They're playing things like Slayer and Pantera when no one else is. Scoop gets to be a part of that, so... Big ups to Scoop. Thanks for being on the show. This is a fantastic one. A couple of quick plugs. I know this isn't terrestrial radio, but you can find John of All Trades on both iTunes and Stitcher. So get hooked up there. I have new episodes every Wednesday and just search John of All Trades. And hey, while you're there, leave us a rating, leave us a review. I'd appreciate that very much. Now let's get to this week's episode. It is Scoop Seamson. He is a morning show host and producer on KBPI 106.7 FM. And he is the guest on episode 107 here on the John of All Trades podcast. It starts right now. Uh, the alarm goes off at 3.30 and <laughs> it takes me about an hour and a half to get myself together and get out the door. <laughs> yeah. And then I have about a five minute drive to work. And Yeah, but you're on radio. What do you mean get yourself together? Oh, you know, you can't just roll out of bed and be ready to go. Some people can, I guess. Right. But it takes me, I turn the news on, right. walk the dog, get Get your mental game right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. And so are you close by the studio? Well, there's probably no traffic at that time of the morning anyway. There's no traffic, but I'm about two miles away. Okay. So it's easy. Yeah. So we're recording this in the middle of the afternoon. How close are we to your bedtime? Um... Right in the middle of nap time. Oh, okay. I'm a big proponent of naps. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because, like, one of the challenging things to doing morning radio has got to be, there are times where you have events at night, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I know you guys do, like, Metal Shop and uh, The Hand That Feeds and all that, right? Sure, those are pretty busy. Um, one of my big roles is running the board. So, okay. an advantage of... Like hand that feeds is I get to stay at the studio while everybody else has to go drive around all the places. Oh, fat. Okay. Which part of it's nice. Part of it, you know, <laughs> I feel a little isolated. Right. Sitting here with Scoop Seamson. 
and uh, KBPI Morning Show. Yep. And so both on air and you, you're you running the board. Yeah. Uh, my main job is producer, but okay. my mic is on, so I happen to talk. Okay. That's the way it works. So it's like a stern kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. How long have you been at KBPI? Uh, I've been doing the morning show for just about 10 years, somewhere in the ballpark of 10. Wow. Before that, I did promotions. Okay. Uh, I worked for other stations and... Uh, yeah, but for KBPI itself, it's been about 10 years on this run. Okay. And KBPI is, it's an iHeart. It is. Okay, property. And before that, it was called Clear Channel, right? Correct. So what? Before that, J-Core. Oh, yeah, J-Core. Oh, my God. It has gone through quite a few changes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you weren't there when it was like 107.5 KBPI, right? Uh, 105.9, but no. 105.9, that's yeah. right. I was in high school in then. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I, I do remember when it switched. It okay. was, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, 107.5 was Y108. What am I talking about? Wasn't yeah. it? Uh, 107.5 used to be on KS 104.3 That's way right. back when. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Taking us back. And 106.7 was KAZY. Correct. Another yeah. another metal station, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. They were competing back in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. And so then- kind of weird to go way, way back. The reason I even got into radio, KS 104.3 was giving away tickets on the radio. And I was that kid that sat up doing my homework, listening to the radio. Right. Calling in to speak caller number 10. That was That's what I did when I did my homework. Okay. KS 104.3 was giving away Debbie Gibson and Michael Damien tickets. Yes. And I happen to be caller number 10. They're like, I'm sorry you're not old, old enough to win. I was like, <laughs> here's my dad. My dad took the info. And so I went to Debbie Gibson and Michael Damien with my dad. How was that show? Um, it was two separate shows. Okay. Debbie Gibson, absolutely fantastic. Like, really? I couldn't ask for a better first show. She was kind of like the Britney Spears of back then. Okay. Well, yeah. So. Yeah, I think my wife went and saw, it was either, I don't, I can't remember who was headlining. It was either Debbie Gibson or Tiffany. Okay. But they're on the same bill. So, you know, big time. Sounds about right. And then Michael Damien, he was a soap star. Okay. My dad and I were the only two guys in the place. We're looking <laughs> around like, all right, this is just weird. I'll bet your dad was stoked because I'll bet the beer line was pretty short. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, had I'm sure he has a much different impression than I did. I was just, <laughs> I was that short kid in the back that was standing on a chair. Is it the Paramount Theater? And, right. And so, uh, so he was a soap star. Was he also a singer? Yes. He did a cover of Rock On. David Essex's song. Uh, I don't remember that one. Hey, kids, rock and roll, rock on. Okay. I'm not a singer. That's why I'm a DJ. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when got, those were my first two concerts because I won tickets on the radio. But when we, when we went to go pick up the tickets, yeah. the girl opened up the drawer and I just saw it was like, it was like the briefcase opening on uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just glowing. And you're like, look at all those tickets. Yeah. And when we were leaving, I told my dad, I said, that's what I'm going to do someday. And, really? And you're like 10 years old? Yeah, fourth grade, 10, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Wow, did you make like did you make little like fake radio shows like into into a tape recorder things like that? My first radio show was in high school. Okay, and it was a class project. It was nice. uh, we had some multimedia class, and Miss Wilkie was my teacher. And what uh, high school did you go to? Arvada West. Okay. Oh, so we're both Jeffco. I went to Golden. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that's crazy. So you're a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I always like that. And uh, our crosstown rival was the Wheat Ridge Farmers. Okay. So uh, I don't know why this never caught on, but I always called it the Battle of the Pitchforks because it was the demons against the farmers. Ah, very nice. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, uh, no one else ever wanted to call it that. But I'm like, come on. That's cool. Like, that's funny. Uh, but I'm like, okay, we're the demons. They're the farmers. We have to win this game. Sure. I mean, just based on pure mascot ranking. But I don't know, man. Whatever. So, uh, so it was for a class project, and so did you just put together a show? Like, how did yeah, it work? Yeah, there was like, I don't know, five or six of us, and we basically got together in someone's basement, kind of like we are now, and just, uh, <laughs> they had a tape Full player. Circle. Yeah, they just had a little tape player, and they're like, all right, three, two, one. They hit record and play at the same time, and we'd be like, I don't know, I couldn't even tell you what we talked about, but. Was it like morning zoo style thing, or? It was more like variety show, I okay. guess a little bit. It was. Hey, here's this coming up. We'd play a couple seconds of a song. And then, nice. But, you know, that was my first start, my first taste. Did you do well at it? Uh, I kind of remember doing well in that class. Okay. It was one of the few that I remember. Okay. And this is actually how we know each other. You went up to CSU. Yep. And were a DJ at KCSU, as was I. 
Did you do other stuff at KCSU? I was a morning show DJ, and for four years I did the ska show there. Okay, nice. Every Friday night there, so. Get out of here, Friday nights? Yeah. I did the punk and ska show on Friday nights. Did you really? Yeah, we did the, ours was called the Bipolar Show. I was the Skatomic Age. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is amazing. Kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, the Skatomic Age. Which was actually a name that was given to us by the guys that did it before. Okay. Um, I wanted to do some sort of like frat related thing because right. it was, I don't know, three weeks into college that I started working there. Nice. And you know, you store has that college like <laughs> whatever. So I was going to, I don't remember what the letters were. It was probably Sigma Kappa Alpha or something. That was oh, be my yeah. show. And I'm so glad I didn't. That in retrospect, that's yeah. probably a Looking good back, call. I'm like, oh, that would have been so cheesy. But yeah. So the guys that were on before us were like, we're the Skatomic Age. And I was like, I like that. I'll, I'll go for that. Sure. So, man. So who were your jams back then? Pie the, Tasters. Yeah. Cause I was, big fish. I was in high school. So this was like 96 ish. Yep. Yeah. So we, like, we just missed each other at college. Yep. Cause you graduated 2000, right? Yes. I started 2000. I could have given you a big box of music. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> And, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, so high school, yeah, that was my gem. I started to get into it then. Like, so my senior year of high school was about, I think it was probably the same class, my uh, radio class. Some kid came in and, uh, uh, Skank and Pickle was what yeah. he introduced me to. And, um, it was kind of funny. Like we weren't really friends. That was the gateway drug. Yeah. He was like, Hey, do you like punk? And I'm like, yeah, I like punk. He's like, what do you think of punk with horns? And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And yeah. so he said, go check out Skank and Pickle. So I went and bought a Skank and Pickle CD. Do you remember which one? Probably, oh man. Sing along with Skank and Pickle? Exactly. That was mine, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that disc. Yeah. Um, Margaret Cho show. Yep. $13,000 is a lot of food. Oh, great song. Turning Japanese. I'm going to have to go dig that one up now. Yeah. I'm in love with a girl named Spike. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was what started it. Um, God, I love that I album. I went to a Less Than Jake show. At the Mercury Cafe. Did you ever go to that? No. So the Mercury Cafe used to do concerts upstairs. I remember that. Corn played there. <laughs> um, but Less Than Jake was my first concert there, first ska show. Fat. And the floor would just sag every yeah. time that, you know, the beat would drop. They would, everybody would just jump at the same time. And yeah. So, uh, high school, that was like my senior, that's fat. Senior year of going there and went to college and, and you kept it rolling. Kept it going, yeah. So my uh, the gateway drug for me, I rem- I can picture myself uh, on my way to swim practice. I'm in the back of this guy Mike Frost's car, actually in his minivan, and he puts on this music, and I'm like, "What is this?" Because I was listening to grunge, and grunge is real, like down and like Bruh. sure. And it, you know, it feels like Seattle looks. You know, like okay. it's you know it's it's perfect. It's sort of gray and dreary and overcast grumpy. and a little grumpy. And so he puts on Mustard Plug, puts on Evil Doers Beware, and I'm like, holy shit, man, what is this? This is amazing. And I need more of this. Like I And the first few times I listened to them and Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish, and the Boss Tones shortly thereafter would come out with their Let's Face It album, and that thing was a monster. Sure. It was the peak. Yeah. I just wanted to shove that music through my face. You know? Like, I couldn't get enough of it. Right. Save Ferris was another one. Oh, that, love Save Ferris. The, Monique, I, I have no idea where she is, but man, do I love that girl. Yeah. You'd probably, you, would you marry her on the spot? Um, <laughs> maybe. Weird question. I have no idea. Uh, it was at <laughs> one of the warp tours that was in Boulder and they were playing at it. Right. I think I've only seen him play twice, but I've never seen him live. Um, it was backstage and everybody was there lined up and I, I was shaking hands and I was like, I have to have a hug, and I basically just put my arms around her, and she was cool with it, which was nice. So that is good. Yeah, um, yeah. She's and she does so well in that uh, real big fish song. She has a girlfriend now. Yep. I listened to that song today, coincidentally. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't know. My uh, I was my phone was just on random, and I heard that one, and I go, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe three or four weeks ago, I threw in the turn the radio off album. <laughs> good for you. And. Uh, so I've got a just a dresser full of CDs, and it was the one that I pulled out. I was like, oh, all right, cool. So I threw it in. It was the KCSU version, so all the curse words were <laughs> like muted out. And I'm singing along, and I'm like, something is not right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's too funny. Yeah. My first ska show was down in Houston because I lived in Houston my junior year, and it was Mustard Plug and the Mad Caddies. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, so that was uh, like fall of 98, spring of 99, something like that. And I just saw Chuck, the lead singer of the Mad Caddies. They were 
performing down here at the Summit Music Hall. And beforehand, they did a thing at Ratio Beer Works. And so I went up to him and I said, you guys were my first concert. You were opening for Mustard Plug. I saw you at Fitzgerald's. He goes, oh, yeah, that was our first national tour. I go, wow, dude, that's awesome. Nice. And I showed him this photo of us together when I interviewed him for KCSU, which was the other best part about working at KCSU. Yeah. Was getting access to all these people who you loved. And he's like, I remember that shirt. I remember that hat. He's like, so this was Fort Collins. We were playing with Rise Against. And, and I'm like, geez. And so he has an encyclopedic memory. Sure. Wow. Of, of his tours, which was remarkable to me. But anyway, so when you went to KCSU, you did mornings. You did the, the Friday night ska show. Did you do anything else there? I was some sort of a, I don't know, program assistant or something along those lines. Right. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, it was basically when I was up there, that was my place to hang out. Yeah. Like I would hang out at the station. I wasn't necessarily on the air at any given time, but you know, we'd hang out, shoot the breeze, and then oh, it's time for class. Let's go. Yeah, goof off. And yeah, I love that too. Were you there during the flood? Yes, really. So that summer, um, which summer? I was, it was summer of ninety seven. Okay, and I'm trying to think what the deal was. I lived in the dorms for two years up right. there, and I want to say which dorm were you in? Uh the towers, uh, Westfall. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was in Corbett. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love the dorms. <laughs> if I could go back, I would definitely go back. <laughs> but uh, over the summer, I was driving back and forth because I was, I, my parents still live in Nevada. So sure. I was driving back and forth to do the ska show, and it just happened to be a uh, – I wasn't on the air when it happened. But it was that was the only probably gap of the ska show from when I started it to when I graduated. Was. Really? So, so go into a little more detail about that. So – like you, yeah, so um, because I I haven't gotten uh, a real good firsthand account of what it was like to work there before, sort of during and after. Okay, so beforehand it was all up front, where I think it was some sort of wilderness checkout thing after the flood. Okay, but it was a real small little area. It was probably about the size of this room. Okay, it still had shelves and shelves of records. Oh no, um, and it was these great sliding shelves. So. You'd slide a whole shelf of records over. You had to put your whole body into it to move it over. Okay. But they were like on tracks or something? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, okay. Like groove on the floor. So yeah. it's kind of how you imagine the old school college radio. Like there was walls with just stickers all over them of every sort. My show was right after the Grateful Dead hour and a half. Uh, and it was an hour and a half of Grateful Dead. And you know what the Grateful Dead guys do. So we would come in and the whole place <laughs> smelled like pot and patchouli and uh, – that fun. My very first night, for the first, I don't know, three weeks, yeah. I did overnights yeah. uh, one night out of the week. and That was my first shift. Wednesday yeah. mornings, midnight to two. Yeah. And uh, overnights, nobody's listening. But the guy that was training me, he liked swing music. So I would play swing music and his girlfriend would swing dance with him in the, in the lobby. And that was kind of my training. <laughs> um, it was kind of just a free-for-all. They didn't have automation at the time. Okay. So the computers and all that weren't there. There was a computer, but music was all hand-done. So so if there wasn't someone there to put the CDs or the records or whatever in, the, sta- the station was just off. We right? had to call up, and they would power down the transmitter. It was this <laughs> little ro- uh, robot voice that was like, press one to raise the power, press two to lower the power. And you'd have to – I can't remember what it was, but it was like you'd have to call – You'd call and you'd hit two like three or four times, so it'd power yeah. all the way down. And then in the morning, you'd have to call and power it back up and wait a few <laughs> minutes for it to power up and all that. So <laughs> that that sounds delightfully archaic. It, it was. Um, and so, what was the transmitter watts at that point? Because I know KCSU, like after the flood, got a ten thousand watt transmitter. Yeah, I think it was still the same because okay. it used to be like an NPR affiliate. So okay, I got you. So they had a pretty decent thing but all the equipment was very archaic right so when the flood came we all moved over to the bus barn which was behind the old fort collins high school (laughs) which i think is where the stadium's going right uh the like the on-campus stadium yeah uh i maybe it's across the street anyway it was behind the old fort collins high school okay and again it was like a free-for-all we had more area but then we got a bunch of equipment donated from Basically, everybody that felt bad for us. I think we got a stuff <laughs> from Clear Channel and all that. Sure. But they felt bad for us. All the records were trashed, which was kind of a good thing. Really? Because, well, they were all old records. We were – at that point, we were spinning CDs. Yeah, okay. So I gotcha. it was nice to start fresh and just – it's cool to save the records, but 
Do you need the records? But in ter- in terms of utility to, of running a station, they're kind of just taking up space at that point. Yeah. Okay, I so, gotcha. So, yeah, we were in the bus barn for a little while, and then we got the new station that was in the basement of the new Lori Center. Yeah. And I'm sure you did your time in there. Yeah, because the, the flood, like, it affected the library and the student center and, like, what were the other buildings? that? Do you remember? Oh. Or were those I mean, the two main ones? everything was affected. It was yeah. – there was so much rain that there were people canoeing down the street. Oh, geez. And, yeah, it was pretty insane just the amount of rain that was coming down up there. But Wow. Like, I came up the day after and the sun was out and there was still just water everywhere. It was such a mess. And yeah. It's, it's not just water. It's mud. Yeah. It, it, it's all the ick. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's basically every, all the pollution, all, like every, anything that anyone ever littered, leaves and dirt and sticks. And because I was working up in Weld County – for the big flood in 2013. So I know what that looks like. And it's, it's just, it's horrifying. Just the level of disgustingness involved in a flood. There used to be a mark in the student center. I don't know if they kept right. it, but it was where the flood level was. Yeah. And it's a nice blue wave. And you're like, it wasn't a blue wave. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't water world. No, no, there was a mark, uh, you know, in the, uh, like in the downstairs of Eddie. So like when you walk in Eddie, like you go down those steps and, there, there's a mark that says like flood 97 and it's like up at your eye level. Sure. And I'm like five nine. So I'm like gross. That's, that's a lot of water. But some of it was exaggerated. There was, uh, <laughs> the girl that was on the air at the time, her name was Megan. And the way the paper made it out was like it filled up above and it did come in above eye level eventually. Sure. But they made it sound like it was coming in above eye level and she had to physically like, push open the door and swim out and she's like no there was really like three inches of water that i had opened the door of what like like she's at the end of fucking pirate radio where right. like philip seymour often <laughs> is uh like just drowning like playing the beach boys right the newspaper made it sound like that it wasn't quite that dramatic she was <laughs> like yeah i was pretty much out of there by the time anything so came in it's funny once we had the new studio i yeah i came in at that point and i came in at the very tail end of D- of primetime djs getting paid were you part of that era? I was. Nice. That was nice. I bet Made that. Ends meet, yeah. What What did you guys get paid? I want to say I got like 90 bucks a week. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's beer money. So, yeah, like late 90s, that's... I still had to work at Old Navy to make ends meet, well, sure. but yeah, it was nice uh, when when student fees paid us a little bit. Yeah. Well, I heard a lot of that happened because of insurance money, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, and that's... What I heard when I came in and the pitch that they gave me was KCSU had equipment that rivaled most like commercial radio stations and, sure. and far exceeded that because the insurance money ended up paying for a lot of that and they were able to get really super nice stuff. So um, That is correct. So that's badass. Yeah, that was kind of when we got we got the computers in the bus barn and automation okay. happened and so we were on twenty four seven, which was right. real cool. We didn't have it was nice showing up and just chatting and right. didn't the next person would tag in, and if they didn't show up, eh, you just let the music play. Yeah, you just put on DJ Automator. Yeah. Was your experience as a DJ, I mean, how much different was it before the flood and after the flood? I, I, there's always automation, but did you feel different when you were doing it? I mean, did you feel did like, feel hey, like, um, like, hey, you know, I'm do, what I'm doing is more legit, or I feel like I'm... You know, I'm actually working for a real radio station. I, you know, I don't know. I'm speculating, but. Um, before the flood, it was very, very amateur. We could get away with whatever we wanted. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess after the flood, too, we would drink and DJ. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of regulation on that. I did that, too. Um, me and my co-host used to show up. She had a big suitcase full of CDs, ska and punk discs. You know, just this old school, like, with one handle, you know, you couldn't even wheel it. And she used to put beer in there and we'd just turn up the monitor in the studio and just jam out, right? Nice. And it was awesome and it was so much fun. Well, we went up for an alumni thing, I don't know, last fall and they now have the studio right, like there's a window that looks right at the hallway. Okay. Of the, like the, the Lori Student Center where everyone passes. So a busy hallway. Yes. Not like the one we have. No, no. Like, like the main, like student center hallway. Okay. So they can look in on the studio and I'm like, you guys are screwing up all the fun. You're going to get less good radio. Here. Sure. So that was, you know, that was too bad. How was the new studio? It's nice. I mean, it's far beyond my comprehension now. Like I used to be able to go in and be like, I, I think I can still do this. Sure. But now I'm like, yeah, you know, you 
there's there's automation and there's a bunch of tabs on the automation that I don't understand that I don't recognize. Okay. That I'm sure I could if I took the time to actually do it, but I I had, you know, the little 20-year-old kid helping me. So Sure. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? So at that point, I mean, you're pretty much all in on radio at this point, right? Um, or are you? I mean, at it, that point, no, it was pretty much just a hobby. It was okay. You know, he's like, there's that kid that does the radio. And, you know, I'd show up to a party afterwards on Friday and no one cared. It, yeah. You know, I knew a guy at the Rio that would give me drinks because he liked my show. That's uh, nice. Other than that, I mean, like you said, chatting to some of the bands, um, getting to talk to, like, Real Big Fish, uh, got in a food fight with uh, the Boss Tones. That was nice. fun. Yeah. Buster Plug, they're great guys. The Toasters are cool. So you interviewed all those guys? Nice. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I interviewed Mad Caddies, Rise Against... Which was really cool. It was before Rise Against was big. Yellow Card, the Riddling Kids. So like that next sort of that next sure. wave, and that was really cool. The other thing that was great was I burned every disc that came in, you nice. know, because they said just don't steal them. Okay. Like we don't care. Just we have CD burners here. Don't steal our discs because we need them. You can burn whatever you want. So I go great. I didn't pay for a CD or a concert for like four years. Yeah, and that mm. was that was pretty righteous. Scoo over the starlight was. Uh... Basically, he was my entertainment bookie for uh, nice. for college. That was nice. And the Aggie, it was nice when the Aggie started doing shows again. Yeah. When I was at KCSU, there are people who are more interested in being DJs, and that's like half the folks. And then there are half the people more interested in like playing the music, you know, okay. and like getting their specialty show. And it would go in waves where you'd have a bunch of people auditioning for primetime slots, and they all wanted to like be on the radio. That that's what they wanted. And then there there were times where it's like there were like 90 specialty show applications, right? Okay. In terms of the way that you saw yourself fitting into the radio, were you more interested in being a radio personality or did you want to play the music you wanted to play? To begin with, I just wanted to play the music. There was another guy that was doing the ska show with me at first and it was kind of one of these. We both had submitted a, an application saying we want to do a ska show and they were like, do you guys want to do it together? And I was like, <laughs> sure, as long as I can play music. I, that's all I care about. Right. And then we ended up becoming friends, which was good. Then when I was doing the morning show, that was more of like, all right, let's start talking and doing more. I actually have my last ska show saved. Yes. It is awful. It is horrible. <laughs> and, you know, that's after four years of doing this once a week and also doing the morning show. And I'm like, you know, I just it was, it was awful. We didn't do a lot of air checking back then. Yeah. I have some of my old tapes, and I, I'll put them in if I'm feeling particularly – what's the word I'm looking for here? Masochistic. Okay. Yeah. And I'll listen to them, and I'll be like, God, dude, just shut up and play the song. <laughs> what, what? A lot of rambling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like get to the point a little bit faster. I, You know, I was pretty good about talking over the on-ramp and the off-ramp and stuff. But... So were you doing it live? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were doing it live, and now a lot of the stuff that we do – we do our show live, but – we do record a bunch of stuff that, okay. like my weekend stuff. Are you talking um, about it on KBPI? Yeah. Okay. So it's a whole different like story because, you know, back then when you're doing it live, there is no second take. Yeah. Now if I stumble over something, I'm like, all right, let's uh, let's go back and let's do that one again. again. And yeah, so. So at that point, once college was ending, did you immediately go into radio, or you know, were you thinking about other things at that point? Um. So. You know, it was just convenient. I didn't want to grow up yet. And, uh, that's why I went to grad school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a girl that worked at KTCL as one of our managers there, Lainey. Nice. And she was like, Hey, here's a contact info for somebody over there if you just want to submit an application. So yeah, it turned into an application and I was kind of persistent. I kept calling him, uh, Nerf over at KTCL. Yeah. Was the guy that I met up with. Nerf. Who's still F. there? Yeah. He's still there. Yeah. And, uh, F was one of the other guys. Okay. And basically, we sat down. They called me up. And this was probably a week before graduation. So I drove all the way from Fort Collins up to the tech center. Yeah. Uh, sat in a studio. Uncle Nasty gave me a beer. They were doing some sort <laughs> of like Friday afternoon food fiesta thing. And it was like, here, have a beer. And I'm way overdressed. I'm wearing a suit. And everybody else is wearing <laughs> T-shirt and jeans. And because, uh, you know. I'm sure you took the Capstone seminar. Yeah, good like, on you, though. Always dress up and always leave a good impression. Yeah. This, it's one of those like, nope, nope, none of that. Yeah, because you got a speech degree, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, one of the few people that uses their speech degree. Yeah, me, <laughs> me too. Yeah. So we sat around and we shot the breeze for, I don't know, about, I don't know, maybe an hour. And they were just, you know, chatting back and forth. And then they're like, so do you want to work here? 
<laughs> and that was about as casual as it was. And they said, we have an opening in the promotions department and um, we'll get you working towards going on air. But until then, you get to go to concerts, you get to set up tents and uh, basically hang out and see what the life is like. Give out like t-shirts, stickers, that kind of thing? Yep, that sort of stuff. So I did that for about three years and it's a lot of fun right out of college. Yeah, um, but... They were pretty liberal back then about letting us drink and do other stuff. Well, based on your interview. Sure. With Uncle Nasty. It wouldn't be uncommon for us to bring a cooler with us when we were going to set up at a remote. Like, we'd just sit outside of Red Rocks and essentially tailgate with people. Wow. So we Sounds did pretty that. great. Yeah. They made sure we had tickets. Um, they'd always send us some pairs. Um, so, yeah, I had a great tan that year. <laughs> um, and it was cool because we were doing promotions for all the stations. So we had... KBCO wasn't in the building at the time, but with KTCL, we had KISS FM, we had The Fox, um, KBPI, KTCL. Yeah. I'm trying to think if we had anything else. but So we had a great variety of concerts. Yeah, God, I guess so. I would go to probably two or three concerts a week, and, and then we'd get paid for it, which was <laughs> cool. So, okay, a question for you then. So this was like 15 years ago at this point, right? Yep, 2000. That's when I graduated. So 2016 years ago. You're not in that department anymore, but how is it different now? Like if someone's listening to this and be like, God, that sounds like a great life. Um, they, they're pretty strict about not letting you drink. Okay. Usually you're going out by yourself now, unless, mm. unless it's a remote and then you have talent going with you. Talent. It's so weird calling myself that. <laughs> um, but that's but like, like on air. Yeah. An on air person. Yeah. Cause I, <laughs> it was funny guy who was on this show, like one of my early shows, episode five, uh, Fizz, who's on KYGO. I think he does evenings. Uh, we were just going to a PetSmart in Northfield. We just had to pick up kitty litter. Okay. And KYGO was there, and so Fizz was there. So, I mean, he's the talent for that, and he's with he's with two women in the production department. Okay. Or not production, uh, promotions department. And so they're all just hanging out there, and they're, you know, they they have a partnership with a movie. KYGO so. always had really cute girls in their promotion department too. These girls were okay too. Okay. I mean, yeah, they they did they did all right. But one of the things that struck me was it's like okay, it's a Saturday and you're basically hanging out in a parking lot outside of PetSmart in Northfield. This is the glamorous world of radio that not a lot of people see, you know, or or that is less appreciated. It's my favorite part. Is it really? I love doing those. Um, and they're the ones that pay the best. But it it's funny that like that's part of the job description, you know? Sure. It, it, when you describe it in the abstract, you're hanging out on a Saturday in a parking lot of a PetSmart, right? Yeah. It's kind of weird. There's a lot of angles to the job, um, and that's one of them. You've got to be very not afraid to go hang out with people. Okay. And we, you get all kinds of people, some people that you don't want to hang out with, but you have to strap on a nice smile and be sure. cordial and all that. But then, you know, then you run into people that you haven't seen in a long time. You're like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, for the most part, it's just hanging out. Do you, do you burn out on that, though, ever? When I was doing promotions originally, I burnt out on it. But that was because I was doing, you know, I was going to a lot of bars and yeah. setting up. And that was kind of the time that I was done with drinking. And a lot of it was like, come on, let's go have shots. <laughs> and you're like, I no. You're like, I'm kind of out of college now, and I, I'm, this yeah. isn't as fun as it once was. Yeah. Hangover started happening a lot more frequently. Yeah. So at one point, I was just like, screw it. I can't do this anymore. Um, and they're like, are you sure there's nothing we can do to keep you to stay? And I was like, no. I need to see what else there is out there. Right. So I basically took a summer off, and I couldn't find anything else that I wanted to do. <laughs> and then I got a call from Jim Lawson, who was... Um, way back in the day, he started the Jamie Frosty and Frank show on Alice. <laughs> and Holy crap. Yeah, that was when KBPI switched and KZY From, and the whole merger. Yeah, right. That. So that was when that happened, and he was the guy that hired on Jamie originally. Okay. Well, they were going through some personnel changes at KISS FM, and at that time, Jamie and Danny were on. Danny Bonaducci yeah. from Partridge Family. So... Uh, they were like, hey, do you want a producer job? And I was like, what? I've never produced before. And they're like, don't worry. It is super easy. So that job consisted of their show was broadcast from L.A. Mm -hmm. They sent it up on a satellite. It got bounced down to us. I would air their show. Then when they were cutting to commercials, 
I would play our commercials. Okay. So I would do – I got pretty good at knowing how long each of their commercials were, writing down times right. so that ours would line up just right. And then I'd put the right piece of production in and hopefully everything would line up and we'd come back on the air. And I did that for quite a while. That was actually a lot of fun. I didn't have to talk at all. It was just sitting back and yeah, hanging out listening to the radio. Did you enjoy their show? It had its moments. Um, <laughs> it was very diplomatic of you. So you learn a lot about people by listening to them every single day. God, which, I'll bet. You know, there's people out there that know a lot more about me than I know about me <laughs> just because they've been listening and they know stuff that, you know, you know, psychologists, you're like, I know a lot about that person. So, well, I mean, speaking of KBPI, just in that regard, I was working for the city of Golden summer of 2000. And so KBPI morning show at that time was the locker room. Okay. So it was Willie B, Stout, and DMAC. And over time, I love and I love that show. I thought the the interplay between the three of them was good. But over time, like DMAC started to grate on me. Oh yeah. You know, I'm like, oh God. Like I I used to sort of dig what you were saying, but I'm like, I listening to you every day, like, yeah, you're right. I think I learned too much about him at that point. Sure. So, and I, I've, I've I've never met so many tents for DMAC. <laughs> <laughs> I and I don't, you know, I don't know anything about him. I've never met him personally. But it's it's weird because when I think about him, I think about that summer where I learned so much about him. Sure. And that's got to be one of the weirdest things about doing radio as long as you have because you're on air and you you almost have to pull from within you a lot of stuff and stuff that you may not have expected to. Now that – when I'm on now, I just don't think of anybody out there. It's just me and Willie having a discussion. Okay. And, you know, whatever comes out, comes out. And a lot of times we'll be done. I'm like, what did I just say? <laughs> what, did I really just say that? And, you know, I, I guess it's therapy. It gets it out there and, you know. Does it ever bother you? Um, There's some things that, like, kind of – sting a little bit when we talk about right um, like do you ever do you ever think back and be like you know i really kind of wish that one wasn't disclosed in a public way and i i'm not looking for examples i'm just curious if that's a feeling that's um, common to you yes and no i i feel like everything i try to be pretty truthful on the air everything gets sure. exaggerated a little bit but some of the image that i have i i wouldn't exactly want okay. but um <laughs> You know, it's it's pretty truthful. Like, my image, I'm not very good with girls. Okay. It comes out on the air <laughs> very blatantly. Um, do I wish that was the image? No. Right. Um, does us talking about it on the air reinforce it a lot? Probably. Yeah. But um, it is what it is, and I hope it leads for, you know, more interesting <laughs> topics. But for the most part, no. One kind of embarrassing thing. This was back when I first started doing the morning show with Willie. Uh, we had a girl on with us named Missy, and we were and and how long have you been doing that now with Willie? Uh, about ten years. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He was the one. So to back up a little bit, when I was doing the Jamie and Danny show, yeah, uh, I'll give you the quick history of how I got. Oh to, sure, yeah, that'd be great. So we were doing the Jamie and Danny show, and um, doing that for about three years, two and a half, three years, somewhere in there, and uh, the engineers come in. And I'm like, can I help you? And they're like, um, you haven't been told yet? Uh, no. And they're like, um, we're flipping to a Spanish station in 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? And they're like, uh, yeah, go up and talk to Mike. He has a new job for you. But uh, yeah, we're flipping to Spanish in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, do you need me to finish up the show? No, we'll take it from here. And it was very like, please don't touch anything. Just, just get out. Just get out. So I went up and they're like, yeah, we're flipping to Spanish. And I was like, well, I don't speak Spanish. They're like, well, that's okay. We have a job for you in the web department. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do web stuff. And during that time that I was in the web department, I started writing. Okay. Um, I'd get up early. Uh, I was kind of in charge of all the websites in the morning. Someone else would take over in the afternoon. But in case there was an emergency, I was there to, to upload something. Sure, yeah. Um, but I was doing a lot of writing, which was like show prep, and I would send it out to all the jocks. And it was kind of snarky stuff. Sure. Well, speaking of the locker room, DMAC had already been canned at this time. <laughs> okay. And so it was just Willie and Stout. Well, Stout, he'd run his career. He, he'd had enough of doing radio. And sure. There's days where I see exactly like, <laughs> I get it. I understand why. Because at first I was like, why would you quit this? This is awesome. And there's days where I'm like, I get it. They, I, I mean, understand. there are days where it's a meat grinder, right? Sure. 
there's days that I'm just like, I've had it. That's that's enough. And then the next day I'll come in and be like, that totally made it worthwhile. Yeah, no, that's. But I, anyway, um, Stout was leaving, and Willie was like, you know, you're you're funny. I I read your stuff. I think you'd be a good fit. So he pulled me in to be the producer and chime in when I had something funny. Huh. And then I outlasted Missy. So wow. So okay, but and and so circling around, you mentioned. You were there with uh, something kind of embarrassing. It was something with Missy, right? Oh, okay. Yes. So we were just talking on the air, and the term that came up was Cleveland steamer. (laughs) And, you know, we were just going off. Well, a couple days later, I'm at my parents' house, and my mom says, so uh, I was listening the other day, (laughs) and what's a Cleveland steamer? And I don't have that kind of relationship with my mom. Like, we're close, but I don't have, like... Like if I said shit in front of her, she, yeah. she'd be like, "What are you?" She'd die, right? Yeah, she'd be like, "What are you doing?" So um, <laughs> she's like, "What is a Cleveland steamer?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't know. I actually know." But yeah. I said, "I don't know" because I didn't want to get in this discussion with my mom, right? And she says, "Well, I was curious, so I looked it up on the internet, and it is." And I'm like, "Mom, mom, mom, mom," and I'm like. And so I had to uninvite my mom from listening. I said, if I have this in the back of my head that you're going to be listening and I have to censor myself, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. It's going to be a bad show. Yeah. And so for, you know, a couple days I was like, is my mom listening to this? And I (laughs) I was like, you can't listen. And it hurt her pretty bad. I could tell. Yeah. I felt really bad about it. But we've gotten to the point where I know she listens. But she doesn't say anything about it. That's probably for the best for everyone concerned. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if you heard it on the radio, you can't mention, you you can't bring it up. <laughs> wow. So, so when you guys are on live in the morning, uh, what what's the time slot of your morning show? Uh, we're on six to ten. Okay, six to ten. And so when you guys take music breaks, you guys are probably doing like show prep and you know talking to each other off mic and stuff sure. like that, right? Are there any songs that you've heard enough for like five lifetimes where if you never heard it again, if we could send it into the sun and never hear it again, um, or are you at liberty to say? You probably are Sure, sure. I can talk about, man, Finger Eleven's Paralyzer. I've heard that one enough. There's a lot of songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that that one. And that one particularly in like 08. Sure. Where you'd hear it like every five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> See, I don't think that we need to stop playing some of the songs on KBPI. I think we just need to keep adding more. Like, right. Like, I don't think we need to just drop a song. Just I dilute it, just, it just, a little bit yes, more? Yes, more, more dilution. It reminds me of 93.3, just keeping in the recurrent, like, all the time, Closer by Nine Inch Nails, and Girls by the Beastie Boys. Sure. Those two songs, stop playing them. Like, just, just try it for six months. You don't have to stop playing them forever. Right. Just see how it feels for six months. It's funny. We were out. This is when I was doing promotions. We were out at CU. It was moving in day, and I don't know why they had us out, but they did. Right. And we were playing music for everyone, and this the girl that was putting on the whole field thing, like the, the display, she came over, and she's like, we had you guys out here, and I was it was for TCL. Yeah. It's like, we had you guys out here under one condition, that you do not play the Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party. I was like... <laughs> All right, the odds of that playing are very slim. Sure enough, it came <laughs> on, and I was like, "Lady, there's nothing I can do about that." It, yeah, it was programmed to come on. <laughs> that ain't my call. Yeah. It's it's weird. Everybody has different songs that they just absolutely love, and their songs like Willie. Anytime Bush comes on, he's like, "Get that out of there!" And I'm like, "I like Bush," <laughs> and I'm sure there's people out there that are like, "Man, I wish they'd play more Bush." <laughs> totally. And I'm sure there's people out there that are like, "Man, they play way too much Bush." So you know, it's everybody's choice i'm I'm good at tuning out songs yeah i well i'll bet at this point i mean after this long in radio as well you should be and we you know in the studio we turn down a lot like when the music's on we'll turn it down we'll be talking all right here's what we need to get in the next break hey did you see this video right you know we just hang out for four hours in the morning so one thing i do need to mention is when we were getting ready for this kcsu alumni thing which is where we met the first time there was this little like Facebook group of KCSU alumni and people were talking to each other and you were talking to Laney, I okay. think. And I didn't recognize either of you cause you were before my time. I'm like, who are these people? But your Facebook profile photo in a week changed five times. Yeah. Which was amazing. <laughs> and at that point, I think, uh, V Stiviano was in the news 
who was like Donald Sterling's like oh, wife. Oh, yeah, or, okay. And she wore that big like visor over her face. And you had that as your profile photo. And I that photo was so funny to me. And the fact that you just changed it that day to your Facebook profile photo, I'm like, this is a guy who gets Facebook. <laughs> and without introducing myself, and I didn't know what you did for a living because I hadn't listened to BPI in a long time because my schedule didn't line up with sure. it. But I sent you a friend request just based on your Facebook profile photos alone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, then I remember I met you at the alumni thing and I found out you were still on radio and I thought that was just really cool. But so that leads me to this. You seem to have a fairly active social media presence. Okay. Is that intentional and is that related to uh, the work that you do for BPI or is that just something you do for fun? A little bit of both. Um, when I was doing the web stuff, uh, nobody had Facebook pages. We were all still on MySpace and everybody was kind of reluctant. Nice. And one day I was bored and I was like, fine, let's see if we can set up a KBPI Facebook page. Right. So we set up a KBPI Facebook page and just started getting likes and stuff. And I'm like, all right, let's play around with this. So you just did that like on a LARF? It wasn't like this clear channel thing where they're like, here, go like... No, and we were doing so many things that they don't allow now. It was like, <laughs> hey, throw your name on this list and we'll give you concert tickets or we'll get you in the running for concert tickets. Now they're like, you can't do that. Wow. And, you know, they put a lot more regulations. So one of the reasons that we did fairly well in the social media department, like we have, I think we're the number two page in the building. Um, nice. And that's just because we got the jump on it. We were first. Early so, adopter, right? Yeah. That makes sense to me. What is it with the with the constant changing of the Facebook profile photo? Um, is that a boredom thing? You know, I had the same picture up for a long time. It was me and Jessica Simpson. <laughs> and then I was like, screw it. I need to find a new picture. And I just could not find any pictures that I liked of myself. And I was like, all right. I think my first one was Gary Coleman. I think it was his birthday or something. I was like, I'll put Gary Coleman up. Yeah, why not? And then the next day I was like, oh, hey, it's this person's birthday. I'll put this up. And so it just started happening where I would get into like a, like I'd do birthdays for a little while or if somebody made it in the news. Um, one week I decided, hey, I'm just going to do game show hosts. <laughs> Sometimes it all, it'll be up for like a week or two and I right. just don't think about it. The cool thing now is I have my PlayStation 4 hooked up to it. Yeah. So when I change my Facebook profile, my, my PlayStation 4 changes as well. Oh, nice. Your little avatar on your PS4. Uh-huh. That's awesome. And then it, you were in a run. It was V. Steviano. That was the one I remembered. And then I went back and looked. And it was a bunch of like weird face tattooed mugshots. Oh, yeah. I had a good mugshot run. There's always good mugshots out there. Yeah. <laughs> mugshots are the greatest. Yeah. And, you know, I was trying to think like if, if you wrote a how-to guide on how to take a good mugshot, first of all, don't read that because <laughs> you, you don't actually want that advice. Right. Um, but secondly, I think number one on there would be have a face tattoo of some sort. Sure. I mean, yeah, that'll get you on the smoking gun for sure. <laughs> if you got a face tattoo, um, girls with running mascara. Uh, that's always yeah, good. Girls, if you get a DUI, do not cry. Do not <laughs> cry. You're, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. You're, and you're going to be really unhappy with that photo later. That's, yeah. that's going to be tough. The, my favorite one is the guy who, uh, who had fuck you written like on his eyebrows. Right. I, I don't think that was one of yours, but uh, that's a good one. Sure. Yeah. Full head tattoos. Those are nice. Um, when people get beat up. Basically, if you get a, if you go, if you get arrested for something, just don't make a face. Just, just <laughs> right. hold it together and. Yeah. Be as unmemorable as possible. Yeah. Blend it, in. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't want to uh, have a memorable mugshot. So, okay. You've been doing this for a while now. First of all, and this is going to be such a rote, prosaic question, so forgive it, uh, if you would. What is your favorite aspect of doing this for as long as you have? As a whole, I like making people smile. Yeah. Like, um, stand-up comedy might be a route that I take in the future, but for the most part, I like making jokes and making people smile. Um, days like, oh, the Aurora Theater shooting, that was one of the most miserable days that I've had to do the Orlando shooting. I hate days after mass tragedies. They're just such downers. Yeah. And you know, well, and I mean, not, not even in terms of like be because of the way you're feeling, not because like it makes the show shitty. Sure. I mean, it does make the show shitty, but you know, it's, it's more just cultural mood, right? Yeah. I, I like to think that if I can get people to work without shooting each other, that I've, <laughs> that I've completed my job. Um, <laughs> 
I enjoy simple things. Like if I make a joke that just kills me inside where I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, that was good. That's That makes my day. Yeah. Like if I can make myself laugh, that's pretty awesome. And like Facebook going back to like a year ago and looking, you're like, oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, okay. Another question. Where uh, where are the worst callers from? <laughs> where are the worst callers from? Because you guys do a lot of call-in stuff. Yeah. And you always ask where they're from. Sure. Where are the worst callers from? Uh, you know, the worst callers to me are people with terrible phones. Okay. So if you're calling from driving, if you're driving your 18-wheeler through the mountains and you've got nothing <laughs> better to do and you're like, I'm going to call the radio station and your phone's like... <laughs> That's what drives me crazy. Because okay. as the producer, I try to make it sound clean and crisp and all that. Right. Um, it's up to Willie to try to get content out of these people. And <laughs> and I'm just there to chime in and gotcha. throw in my snarky two cents. Okay. I was hoping you'd say Aurora just <laughs> just because. <laughs> just for fun. I don't know. I and Honestly, I have nothing against Aurora. But... Right. We do mock Commerce City on occasion. <clears throat> Highlands Ranch. I mean, I guess every part of town has their stereotypes. Yeah. No, certainly. And I mean, you kind of touched on this, but w- like, what is the consistently hardest part of doing this job or the the part that you like least? The hardest part is staying positive all the time. There's days that I go in that I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, sure. When you're, you know, it's five days a week and some days you're like, I just don't have it in me, but you sit there, you strap on a smile when the mic comes on and you'd be cheery. Hey, yeah. it's Scoop. What's going Showtime. on? Yeah. The show must go on. That's yeah. kind of one of the things. There's no... There's no plan B. Like, if we don't show up, there's no show. That's the way it works. So, yeah, you can't, I mean, and you can't show up and just fart on a snare drum to quote Airheads, a, gr- a great radio movie. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's so close to home, too. Does it really? There's so many characters that it's one of those, like, I think I know who that's written about. <laughs> one of those. And I've only been in Denver. Yeah. So it's not like it's a, a big world. Like, Private Parts and Airheads, I think, are two movies that really, you can tell that people that worked at radio stations were involved with those movies. I love Airhead so oh, much. It's great. I, th- I think it's so underrated too. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. The security around a radio station is insane. Like they're not making that up. Right. Yeah. And why is that? For us personally, there was a guy in the, I think it was the eighties, Art Bell. Is that yeah. who it was? That he was on the air on KOA or KHOW, and he was a very controversial guy. And um, one of the guys from, uh, I want to say it was like the Aryan Nation, came in and shot him one night in the studio. Jesus. And at that time, people said it was pretty open door. Like, you might have to go through one locked door, but the rest of the doors were just wide open. Wow. And uh, at our place, it's pretty secure. We all have badges. Um, I've been down to your place, so. Yeah. Um, it's pretty Fort Knox-like. If there was ever a zombie outbreak, our building would be a great castle to hide out in if well, you could get in. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, you know, listen to uh, listen to tunes, play tunes for the world as, sure. uh, as it burns. Uh, I've had nothing but positive experiences with Willie. Uh, you like working with Willie? Is yeah. He, is he a good dude? He's a good dude. There's days where it's like, why are you so grumpy at me? Or, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure it goes the same way with him. Like, sure. Why are you in such a bad mood? We're having a great, but you know, he's my bro. We go through a lot of situations together and sure. I've lasted longer than I think both of his marriages put together. <laughs> Pretty close. So, so you guys are work spouses. Yeah, kind of. In a lot of ways. If I want to annoy him, I know the, I know his buttons to push. <laughs> I, yeah, there's definitely those. But we do real well together. We're very yin and yang. And, sure. Um, the things that he's passionate about, I'm not. And the things I'm passionate about, he's not. But we both sort of... Can you give me an example of that? I'm big into comics. I love comic books. And I've actually started to get him into it. He'll be like, well, who's this person? What's the, <laughs> what's the story behind this person? I'll be like, well, that's this. He's like... Wow, you guys are such nerds and stuff. But like, he's a huge car guy. Yeah. So, and I know, growing up, I was in charge of holding the flashlight. Okay. That was that was my right. job, and I didn't really pay too much attention. It was just, all right, whatever. And so, um, I learned a lot about cars from him. I honestly, and I wish I did. I don't give a shit about cars. Yeah, I, I still don't. I know a lot about them, but I still don't care. I'll, yeah, I'll bet you know plenty now. <laughs> uh, working with Willie, uh, you know, and I'm sure he talks about working out and shit too, because. Um, no, he's not too, he, he doesn't talk about, oh, I was at the gym lifting. I guess he does a little bit on the air. Most of the time when he's talking about the gym, he's talking about the bathroom and how old people are walking around naked and trying to talk to him. That's a lot of yeah. his gym stories. 
I think because yeah, I mean the thing about Willie is when you meet him, you don't expect him to be that jacked, like that yoked. We get a lot of different perceptions of Willie, especially because of the radio. A lot of people think he's black. <laughs> we had a black guy call up a couple of days ago that was talking to him. He's like, "I just saw you in a on a TV show, and I could have sworn you were a black guy. I thought you were my brothers." And it was funny. <laughs> just you know, you hear these all the time. You're like. All right, I, I guess. That's but, pretty funny. Um, yeah, he's from Kentucky. He's a little redneck guy that, um, little. He's a big redneck guy. Right. But, um, yeah, he had, um, speech lessons, so he kind of got rid of his Kentucky accent. Wow. A few words stick out here and there, which <laughs> I think gives the perception of that's funny things, but he's a good guy and you love know, doing the show with him. It's funny. And so I got to wrap up here because we're, we're approaching our time, but, question i have for you is since you've worked in commercial radio now for the last 16 years and you always always hear about think pieces about the death of traditional media okay whether that's newspapers or tv news or terrestrial radio or whatever satellite radio was supposed to do in terrestrial radio and that clearly didn't happen right you know how do you see the future of terrestrial radio unfolding and you know what's kind of your spot in it well, I mean, people still look for new music. A lot of the things with, like a lot of people thought that the iPod would totally destroy the radio. Right. Well, people still need to find their new music someplace. And we're a great place for new music. And, hey, here's what you're missing out on. Plus, we're free. That's not <laughs> a bad thing. Every car in America has a radio these days. We're free. You don't have to pay your subscription fee. A lot of people are like, I'd pay $10 to hear Howard Stern and then after a few months, they're like, I really don't listen that much. <laughs> right. So uh, I don't think that uh, we're dying as a medium. I'm not sure about other stations. KBPI is sold out inventory-wise. We've got people wow. coming to us like, hey, we want to advertise in the next three weeks. And we're like, sorry, we don't have spots for that. So um, advertisers are out there. Listeners are out there. We're putting all the pieces together. I know newspapers are struggling. Right. And um, last week's episode was actually with a newspaper reporter. So, oh, was it? Yeah. But the thing is, you guys have never been reliant on classified advertising, which gutted the newspaper industry. Sure. You know, when Craigslist came along, that took away almost the entire financial backbone of the newspaper industry. Whereas this has always been ad based. Sure. And so, you know, it may change a little bit. And, you know, you guys may have some, some digital web presence that, that you can do in addition to or instead of. And so the, the parameters may change a little bit, but it's not a fundamental shift of the business. Right. And iHeart is doing a real good job at shifting into the digital world as right, far yeah. as all of us. Because we get, you know, back in the day, everybody listened from here. Well, now we right. get calls all the time from people all over the place. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm from Denver, but I moved out to Vermont, but I listen to you guys all the time. and Because <laughs> um, they want that connection with their hometown. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And we're... So a lot of the stations, we're pretty unique as we're a rock station. So a lot of rock stations kind of went under. They flipped over to a different format or they, you know, just went away, went to talk formats. So a lot of people, you know, they search through iHeart and they're like, wow, you're a rock station. <laughs> and I heard something that I really like on your rock station. And like a hard rock station too. Yeah, we get away with – we had a boss that was very checked out, I guess is the term. And so we – We'd play whatever we wanted and we'd get away with it. Like Slayer. I don't know if any other radio station has played Slayer in it's so years. Awesome. And we get away with that on a regular. Uh, Pantera. Pantera's. I love that you guys play played. Pantera. So, yeah. And Rock is coming back. So, luckily, we made it through the the hard times. And so, hopefully, we've got a good, good solid Rock base going now. Yeah. It's one of those things where when I go to other parts of the country, I think about the Denver radio market and the fact that BPI – and KTCL exist, and KBCO for that matter. Sure. I mean, those are three musically, like, really strong stations that are in some, or f some form or fashion in my wheelhouse. And you go to other places and you're like, you guys have shit to choose from. Sure. There's nothing here. And so, I mean, I totally get it why, through the digital presence, people would find BPI. And luckily, BPI has been a station for 40-something <laughs> years. So, Jeez. you know, we got some legacy behind us, which well, is nice. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, keep on kicking ass. This is the part in the show where I ask you to plug. Where can people find you? Where can they listen to you in the morning? Give us uh, any plug you want to do. Sure. Uh, if you like playing video games, PlayStation. I'm KBPI 
Whatever. <laughs> I'm Scoop KBPI on there. But KBPI 1067, uh, Monday through Friday. Yeah, that's a good plug. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> iHeartRadio. You can listen all over the world. Well, awesome, Scoop. This was uh, this was enormous fun. Uh, it may be a little bit inside baseball for people, but you know, I love radio. I love the genre. I think you're doing great work. Continued success, you man. Cool. Let's go, Scott Show. And on that note, yes, let's all go see a ska show. I encourage you right now, put that skankin' pickle, that mustard plug, that less than Jake, that safe Ferris, that real big fish disc in, and skank all day and all night, because ska's making a comeback. Is it? Probably not. I don't care. Listen to it anyway. Big ups to Scoop. Thanks for being on the show. Listen to him in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, on 106.7 KBPI. You can find all the social media links on the John of All Trades companion blog piece that goes with this episode. That's on johnofalltrades.us, J-O-N of alltrades.us. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest, all under the tag J-O-A-T-Pod. So go on those platforms, type in J-O-A-T-Pod, you'll get connected with me there. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. They will get you hooked up in terms of your social media promotion. They will handle web hosting, website design, and basically connecting with the people you want to be connected with for a cost that is extremely attractive. They are the sponsor of my show, and I love them dearly. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check us out on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. And then we'll see you back here next week. New episodes are previewed on Facebook only, so check us out there, J-O-A-T pod. And until next Wednesday, where each new show drops... Say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.